Hi everyone, my name is Aideen and welcome to the Furloughs and Highs podcast. This podcast is a mini-series about the highs and lows while being on furlough due to COVID-19. When I was placed on furlough, it made me want to talk to people and businesses that have been affected by this crazy virus. I want this podcast to help those that may be finding this time to be difficult, but to know that they are not alone and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'll be talking to business owners, psychologists, and people like me who work for a company that had to put their staff on furlough. So I hope you enjoy the series and that you may even find some of these tips useful. Okay, hello Ian. Thanks so much for joining me on my first podcast series for Lows and Highs. Hello, Edine. Yeah, no, it's brilliant to have you. Um, I'm thinking about, I might give you just a brief introduction just to let the listeners know, you know, your background and then we'll get into it. So look, guys, not only is Ian a very successful neuroscientist and clinical psychologist, but he's also a brilliant science communicator. He's published like hundreds of scientific articles relating to the brain and many successful books such as The Winner Effect, Mind Sculpture, The Mind's Eye, and The Stress Test. I mean, we could have hundreds of more podcasts, I think, on all of Ian's work but, um, that he's done today. But today, I want to pick his own brain about how people may be feeling during COVID-19, and especially those that are on furlough or laid off, hence why this episode is called The Furlough Mind. And I'm particularly excited about this episode because this is exactly why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place, to be able to talk about the highs and lows people might be experiencing during this time. So Ian, can you maybe take us through what you think COVID-19 could be doing towards mental health? Because I know like, not only can this be a tough time in terms of unemployment for people, but on top of that, it could be a really lonely time. Um, so what do you think, do you think there will be like long-term effects during, um, towards mental health during this time or what are your thoughts on that? Well, Aideen, it, it, it is very tough, particularly for people who've been furloughed or maybe lost their, their mm-hmm. jobs. Yeah. Um, because there's a real whole lot of different things that are hitting you there. So, you know, the, the, the anxiety, how am I going to make a living? The, the fact that there's not a clear end to this. Yeah. The fact that you can't do the normal things you would do when you lose a job, and which is go out and make contacts and network and you know find your way. So that's uh, you know one of the one of one of the things the human brain doesn't like is uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It, you know it loves predictability. You know the brain operates on, pred- on prediction. Right. And so it's, it's that, that when you can't predict what's going to happen, that creates anxiety. Mm. And so, um, you know, for some people more than others, that anxiety can become a thing. It can become something that, they, you know, is really horrible. Anxiety is a horrible, horrible yeah. experience. So it's very important to to uh, put it in its place to, to and, and to harness it as we can talk about about later. Mm. Um, so the other, so there's that, there's that, there's the kind of anxiety, the uncertainty, the unpredictability. Mm. But there's a second thing, which is, and you mentioned, there's the lack of, um, you know, the lack of the normal kind of human contact. Right. That exactly. we have, you know, the normal, you know, going into the office or going into the workplace or, mm. or, 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 you know, and, you know, the casual conversations over the, you know, the, coffee and you know yeah. just the kind of the banter of going to you know that that 
that kind of casual human interaction that that's right. gone and, and you know one of the great you know things that the huge reinforcers for us as other hu human beings. It's the greatest source of stress for us, other human beings, yeah. <laughs> and it's also the greatest source of reward. Mm. And um, I, I, you know, I, I've heard you know, actually there's some children mm -hmm. who are actually hugely benefiting from uh, the this situation wow. because they're bullied at school, chronic, oh, horrible God. bullying. And some children are just so relieved to be taken out of that horrible environment, right. and that they're just experiencing a free a psychological freedom. So, you know, there the the there are some there are some people who actually you know it's, it's not terrible for everyone. So it's the question of so so the, so so that's the it's it's the the uncertainty is one thing, the mm -hmm. the uh, lack of human contact or you know right. is, is another. And the third thing is the lack of uh, structure, which goes with the lack of prediction, you know, just not right. um, waking up and not having to go and get the train or the bus or, or whatever, you know, and, oh. and just no, no, not, not, not really knowing what to do. And we are creatures of routine and habit and, and all that mm -hmm. habit has been stripped off. So these, yeah. are, these are three things. Now, the good news is we're incredibly adaptable and plastic. Our brains are very right. plastic. They're changed by experience. And mm -hmm. so... Once things get back more to normal and these structures come in again, then mm -hmm. that, that will affect our brains. So, so we're very much creatures of our environment. So, right. but, so for, in terms of long-term effects, there needn't be long-term effects of this. Okay. There needn't be. There right. will be for some people, but right. we are masters of our own brains and our own minds. And if we, if we deal with this uh, well, when we we can we can suck benefits out of it as well as you know cope with the, the stresses. I'm brilliant, and, and yeah, anything that you just said there, I was like tick tick, like I could relate to all of that. It was you know, um, I was going to mention it later on as well, but like I would think I was mentally prepared, definitely for being put on furlough, but because it was just basically the the way that our business was run based on local experiences, I knew it was about to happen. Um, but it was still that uncertainty and just not knowing and still not knowing really is kind of was definitely probably my biggest uh, struggle and trying to understand how to, you know, get through that and how can I become resilient, which I know we'll talk about a bit later as well, and uh, adapt to the situation fast enough. So 100%, I think uncertainty for everyone, because we've never been through this before in our lifetime, you know, when will this end? You know, will it happen again? There's all these questions that I think people, you know, that might be overthinking will think deeply about. So it, I'm glad you, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we have, in this, because things are so uncertain, we have mm -hmm. to set horizons for ourselves and say, you know, we have to live more in the moment mm -hmm. or in the, and say, well, look, okay, I, I cannot tell you what December will be like. Mm -hmm. I can. I'm going to. I'm going to create some predictability for myself for May. Right. Exactly. I'm going to set horizons. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to set progressive horizons for myself and work towards them. And that's a one way of of of, of controlling our attention and right. and preventing it wandering to these what ifs and yes. maybe's and 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 you know the the awful thing is that it tends to to, to go to the worst scenarios yeah. rather than the best the best ones.
Oh, I love that setting horizon. Mm. I have to remember that. I love that. And you mentioned you even um, brought it up briefly. Um, the kind of the social distancing impacting mental health differently depending on your age. And I mean, obviously, for those on furlough, you've got you know potentially my age group, a bit younger, and then you have your you know people who have families. You know, there's a lot more to it, and then that are a bit older, or even like very senior level going through this. But then, as you mentioned, you also have you know, the young kids that are going through this. And in my mind, I thought the younger generation, um, you know, it's almost like they're going through uh, missing their friends. And that's how I was thinking about it. But I didn't even consider the bullying, which you mentioned earlier. But do you think the social distancing um, will impact people differently depending on their age? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I, I do think it will. But, it, but probably the individual differences within each age group are greater yeah. Right. And the differences between age groups. So, mm-hmm. but for sure, for sure, it's very tough to be a teenager stuck with your parents. You know, a young teenager, you know, stuck with your parents at home. Yeah. You know, just thank goodness for uh, you know the technology that right. allows people to. You know, that is the great savior. Imagine, imagine this crisis mm-hmm. without um, Zoom and Hangout oh. and FaceTime. Imagine it; it would be absolutely awful. It would be so much worse, especially with yeah. my family yeah. being out in Houston, Texas. I mean, I relied on that anyways, you know, Zoom calls or WhatsApp videos, but even more so now, um, you know, it, it's it, from in regards. Well, to- I, I know I know a family where um, the actually, the, you know, the 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 brother of the family lives in, you know, in another city in, in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And actually, since that they have much more contact with with wow. him now than uh, before. You know, it, wow. it's, it has created, actually solidified and, and, you know, really enriched the family mm-hmm. contact and the family, you know, the family calls and, and, and all this that, bec- so, so there are, there are some good things that will come out of this. Right. And I don't want to be a Pollyanna, but there, there are some good things that will come out of it. No, and that's what this is about, having those positive outlooks in regards to all this as well. And, yeah. and other conversations I've had, it's, you know, even the sense of community that's come through, like even um, where we've just moved to here in East London, um, they have like their own community Facebook page. And it's just incredible to see everyone coming together. And for those who are like the elderly who are by themselves, you know, that can't look after themselves or feel comfortable going to the shops, just to see everyone coming together and buying different groceries for their neighbors and dropping it at their door. And yeah, it's just been incredible to see the community spirit. And even if it's a small thing as those lovely claps at 8 p.m. for the NHS every Thursday, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a, you can feel lonely, but in those moments, you you really do feel, wow, this is a great sense of community and everyone kind of having each other's back. There's nothing, there's nothing like a common enemy. Yeah. Bring people together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, here we have a common enemy. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I would hope that this, you know, eventually with global warming and everything that, you know, humanity, you know, maybe this, can pull together mm-hmm. more rather than some of the tendencies we've seen they can pull together more against the common enemy so we cannot predict okay. this we cannot predict at all what the long-term effects of this will be on 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 right. any of us but uh, uh, you know on, on the world as a whole um mm-hmm. on on the world of work on the world of travel mm-hmm. and everything's mm-hmm. going to change so um 
we have to kind of gear up for that mentally. And the, yes. in gearing up for it mentally, there will be benefits in terms of our own, our own uh, personal growth, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I totally and totally agree with that. And and I think it's managing that stress. And that brings me as well to your your book, The Stress Test, which is also semi-titled How Pressure Can Make You Stronger and Sharper. Um, is this the kind of pressure that you think can make people stronger and sharper? Or is this potentially a different type of stress that we might need different psychological tools to help people cope? Well, Stress is a perception. Mm-hmm. It's, the percep- yeah. it's, a, it's a perception <clears throat> that the demands made on you exceed your ability to cope with them. And the right. resulting emotion is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether you experience that anxiety, whether you experience that not very pleasant emotion depends right. on, on your outlook and your you know how you perceive the situation. Mm-hmm. So if I say to you, uh, for instance, um, a few months ago, I had a my heart was beating, my stomach was tight, my mouth was dry. Mm-hmm. Um, what what emotion would you think I was having? I would find I would take that as anxiety. I would consider that as well. No, because Ireland had just beat the All Blacks at rugby, so actually mm-hmm. I was excited. Wow! So the the exactly the same physiological bodily symptoms underpin excitement as anxiety (laughs) and indeed as anger. So emotions have a common, emotions exist in order to motivate us. And it's an action system. So so let's call this arousal, physiological Mm -hmm. arousal. It's a general preparation for action. And, And the body doesn't care the body doesn't care whether the action is f- fear, running away, uh-huh. fight, fighting someone, mm-hmm. or celebrating, jumping up and down. Right. So it's about it's an action system, right. and the, so so I only knew that I was excited and not anxious mm-hmm. that day because of the context, because of the situation I was in. So yeah. we only know what emotion we're having by the the labels we put on them okay huh. and so so if i'm you know if i'm sitting um feeling you know these symptoms mm-hmm. the, the research shows that i can create a new context for these symptoms by using the power of my own mind to put put a verbal label on them okay wow. Yes. So I'm sitting here worried about the future because my mm-hmm. I'm in furlough. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to have a bit of a panic. My stomach's tight, my I'm breathing, my, my skin is sweaty, and I think, oh my God, what is what's the future hold for me? Mm-hmm. So if you can just mentally change that from a threat right. to a challenge, see, wow. Yes. You know, my job had pluses and minuses. My old job, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I may have, I may have, I may have loved it, but I may not have loved it a hundred percent. You know, what, what else can I do? What opportunities are there? So let's let me take these symptoms, symptoms, these experiences in my body, 
well, let, let me see, see them for what they are actually is a form of energy. I love that. And all energy can be harnessed for good or, or ill. So mm. let me harness that energy to energize me for the challenge of what I'm going to, how I'm going to respond to this. Let me right. be excited. Right. So there's a famous, well, the study done in Pittsburgh and, uh, by a woman called Alison Brooks, where she got people in to do a really stressful presentation in front of a, a judgmental audience. They had to do mental arithmetic in front of an audience and, you know, they were oh. open, they were wrong. You know, a really stressful situation, the kind of thing that psychologists yeah. do to people. And they measured their heart rate and they had the heart rate shown on monitors. Um, and they got, uh, divided them into two groups. Uh, one group went up and before they went up, they had to say out loud to themselves, I feel anxious. And right. then they did the mental arithmetic. They also had to do a presentation, which they were scored on. And um, they measured actually how well they performed on the, on, the, on the arithmetic and on the presentation. The second group had to go up and again, their hearts were beating and that was showing on the monitors. And they, they had mm -hmm. to say out loud to themselves, I feel excited. Mm. And just these, that one change, that one word that was changed from anxious mm -hmm. to excited, the second group performed significantly better. They did better on the, on the mental arithmetic and they did a better presentation. Why? Because their mind, the context was changed from one of threat to one of challenge. And the brain, the brain works, um, the, the, the chemical messengers in the brain associated with stress, one called noradrenaline or norepinephrine, has an upside down U-shaped function. Too little right. in their brain underperforms and too much in our brain underperforms. But there's a sweet spot in the middle where mm -hmm. a bit of a bit of that uh, action, that uh, energy, that arousal can make your brain perform better. So what the I feel excited did was it changed the context from being, oh my God, what's going to happen to one, ooh, here's an opportunity. And that meant you reduced the brain's uh, chemical messenger levels of noradrenaline were pulled back from the too high levels that were interfering with the brain function to the sweet spot where actually, yes, they were feeling their the heart was still pounding. Mm -hmm. They were still feeling these symptoms, but suddenly mm -hmm. they were changed from one of anxiety to one of excitement. And that made them perform better. And of course, when you perform better, that makes you feel mm -hmm. better about yourself, makes you feel less anxious. So it's a virtuous cycle. So, yeah. so it's very important for us to, to try and harness that energy. It's not always easy and it's much harder. It's kind of easier in a, some ways it's easier in a, an acute stressful situation. Like you, you have to give mm -hmm. a presentation for a job or to a board or something. But, right. um, but so in a long drawn out situation like this, like the COVID crisis, mm -hmm. where there's no uh, extent, it does require mm -hmm. more work on it. Because right. there are ups and downs. Some days you wake up and think, "Oh God, you know, hundred yeah. percent excited about what you know." So it's very hard. Yeah. So you need, yes, there are different cognitive skills. You you need to work mm -hmm. on this, but the, right. the principle is the same. And in some ways, in some ways, you have more opportunity to practice these skills, these mental skills, yeah. because you've got yeah. a longer period to do it. But it, but so it's probably a com it's, it's harder probably. But in the long yeah. term, it will stand you in greater stead. That's brilliant. Well, I'll be definitely taking on these tips myself, I think. But it is really interesting just to see how you can trick your mind 
to be, th- you know, reacting differently in order to put yourself in the situation in a much better light. Um, that's really interesting. Um, and that kind of, for my next question, I think you've almost nearly answered it, but I was wondering, was there a difference between stress, like a job or potentially, you know, fear of the coronavirus, if you're going to get it or not, versus, you know, the social isolation stress, um, more so, I think, for this question, I was thinking for those that are by themselves, because I'm lucky that I'm, you know, living with my boyfriend and, you know, others have their families, but it's those that might be, you know, living in a city that for their job, but now are by themselves and they've always had an apartment by themselves or it's the elderly, you know, that are by themselves. Is it, um, is it a different that's, kind of... That's um, much harder. That is, there's no right. doubt about it. That's much harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because... We all go through up and down periods, and it's, you know that yeah. that determination to to make the best of the situation, to learn, you know, to do new stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you you can't keep that a hundred percent all the time. And inevitably, some days you're going to have self doubt about, you know, you know, inevitably. Yeah. And having yeah. another person to 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 kind of lift you through these things that's yeah. that's really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but again, the great thing is technology. Exactly. I was, the great yeah. thing is technology. And it's, it's the, the important thing is to be uh, mindful about um, the nature of your interactions with people mm-hmm. over technology. Mm-hmm. It's to make sure that they, they, they don't um, spiral into, mm-hmm. oh, God, isn't it awful how terrible right. it is. Um, mm-hmm. And always talking about COVID. So exactly. That's, it's, it's important to think. Well, how how can we how can we structure my interactions with other people in a way that's giving me the benefits? And that's why some of these amazing things have been happening. You know, like reconstructing artworks, um, quizzes, yeah. Uh, yeah. games, virtual games. You know, making making exactly. sure that the interactions are not all about how bad you're yeah. feeling. Um, yeah. You know, in fact, keeping them to a minimum, you do need some of them. But it's maybe it's, right. stru- it's again structuring your electronic communications with people, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if you're on your own, to make sure that you're you're, you're having fun as well as as, okay. as dealing with the problems. And I think it's also onus on maybe your the friends and family that know of who know of that person that's by themselves maybe to take that extra bit of effort to reach out to them in that positive way no absolutely it's absolutely and um uh, this is where the whole community you know thinking of other people um uh is so important yeah well i think one a question i'm actually very interested in and um is about, do you think generation is, uh, our generation is better at handling stress than other generations? Um, I've heard the term for us being called snowflakes before, where we tend to be maybe a a bit softer, or I'm not saying not painting the brush for everyone, but, you know, it's been known that, you know, our parents and our grandparents had to work so much harder to get to where they are potentially. And, you know, that we were maybe one of the first uh, generations to, have come into this world where we've had things potentially easy, more easily given to us. Um, so I was wondering, do you think we are, do we struggle with dealing with stress? Um, I know, so than- well, put it this way, put it this way, we know that levels of anxiety are going up and particularly in younger people. 
-hmm. And we know that people of my age, older people, have, have, have more positive emotions and less negative emotions as we get older. Mm -hmm. Whether that's right. because of brain decay, <laughs> or, or, or I think it's more likely to do with our perspective and life changes. So we, right. we, we prioritize positive experiences. Mm -hmm. So, but no, I, I do. I hate the I, I hate the snowflake um, yeah. thing because it, it's just it's just so unfair. Because actually, mm -hmm. millennials have um, you know the, the first generation where actually. They cannot assume that their standard of living is going to be higher than that of their, their parents. Right. The mm -hmm. globalization and technological change is creating is exponential. And so the, mm -hmm. the whole predictability of the world that people of my age and, 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 and you know and, and middle age mm -hmm. were, were, were familiar with that doesn't pertain to your generation. So right. it's 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 completely unfair because we know how important predictability is and, and uh, right. And so you, you you're having to to be much more creative and and you know the gig economy and everything like this and entrepreneurial and that is everyone's a sole trader to some extent. That's incredibly yeah. stressful. <clears throat> right. So uh, you know so it's anxiety provoking. But and mm -hmm. the other thing is you're a much more psychologically literate um, mm -hmm. generation than yeah. people older people. Who, who you know the whole who who were brought up to be a lot of them in certain cultures to be skeptical about you know you know pull yourself together you know don't think yeah. and that's 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 not a healthy approach yeah. to a complex yeah. rapidly changing world we have to all have to become experts in our own mental states we have to be able to understand them and that requires mm -hmm. talking about them that requires. Now, obviously, it's gone a bit much in some ways. Um, you know, some people have become identity politics and, and you know, over over, over um, exaggerating um, slights and things like that. That, that. Of course, there is that aspect of thing. But in, in general, I definitely would say, uh, no, we need your generation's approach to life in order to, to, to face up to the problems facing the world. Oh, good. Well, that makes me feel better anyways. <laughs> Delighted with that answer. Um, and look, and I know for me, I, this is a term I used all the time in work, you know, when anything goes wrong. And I think more so now, I think it's it's so important. You know, resilience is, is key during uh, stressful times. Um, and I think I'm really interested in knowing, do you think resilience can be taught? Or is this something that people are, are probably naturally born with and, and better at dealing with? Um, what are your thoughts on One, that? 100% you can learn to be more resilient. 100%. Right. And, you, and you know what the greatest enemy of doing that is? No. It's having a mental a theory of yourself that mm -hmm. says who I am is determined by my genes or my, right. my, my upbringing. Mm-hmm. And that is scientifically wrong, but it's a very, very strong, it's called, Carol Dweck in Stanford calls it the fixed mindset. The idea that um, your personality or your, your emotional state or your cognitive state are all kind of fixed and you right. are who you are. And, and but, but it's just simply wrong what we know about brain, I've been studying brain plasticity for 40 years, it's simply wrong. But the greatest obstacle to harnessing your brain's plasticity and changing yourself is the mm -hmm. theory you have about yourself. So you have, we all, if we're going to cope with this world, cope with COVID, cope, we have to have a, a change mindset. Not, not right. saying that 
everything is 100% under our control. Of course it isn't. We have, mm-hmm. we have genetically and, and environmental differences that are hard to change, but there's a whole lot to play for. And mm-hmm. so, so for and the, the and actually the the resilience it's not rocket science, you know. Yeah. I'll be giving some tips, at, you know, three kind of tips at the end. If you if you if you actually implement these tips, yeah. you will become more resilient. Um, but you know, the, one of the challenges here, we we you know we live in a a kind of culture where everything's medicalized. So we we get anxious, so we take a pill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our mood goes low. We take a pill, and and so we we expect we we're not used to engaging in the the pain, the ups and downs of the, right. that learning involves. Wow. And learning learning is always up and down. So you know, any yeah. learning a musical instrument. Some days you think, oh, that's great, and then the next day you think, oh, I'm no use. If if you have <laughs> A, a mental model of yourself I'm no good at learning a musical instrument you'll stop practicing and mm-hmm. the same thing is true with emotional learning and resilience learning you have to mm-hmm. accept that it's a it's a slow and painful and up and down process and you have to accept there are days when it will seem you're not you're back yes. to square one but if you accept it's like learning and if, right. you, if you have a changed mindset a hundred percent you can learn to be resilient oh, I or love resilient. that and I think that's been um, almost like a common theme I think I've, I've noticed from my different discussions is that, um, you know, there's no, you, you you don't have to quit. It's okay to rest, like take that day and, you know, understand, okay, today wasn't working out, but it, you know, it will work out tomorrow or the Absolutely. next day. Absolutely. No. It's that mindset of, you know, don't give up, but it's okay Ab- to take a break. No, abs- yeah. absolutely. That's absolutely right. Amy. Yeah. Oh, well, look, I'm, also excited to talk about more highs um and you know i've been doing research and i've been hearing other talks and people chatting you know disease pandemics and death have you know always been with us since life emerged on this planet but it you know it's through these times that like the greatest musicians writers artists entrepreneurs tend to thrive uh do you believe something similar will happen during this COVID 19 where you know these great minds are bored and stuck indoors without any kind of distractions this could be you know an amazing i i have i have no doubt about it i mean if you take the northern ireland conflict i mean some of the greatest poets you know some really wonderful modern poets and writers came out of that conflict Mm -hmm. and the thing is that um what, what what stress or what conflict or difficult times do is they they shake us out of our comfortable routine. The brain's quite can be quite lazy and can be, you know, if things mm-hmm. are going hunky dory, you know, yeah. you're not forced to to think about yourself or think about your situation or think about the world. So it's when mm-hmm. it's when our prediction is is interrupted and our, our our kind of routine is interrupted that we're. We, yes, it's anxiety provoking, but also it also forces our attention to open up. And when our attention opens up, that's when you get creativity. So absolutely for certain, there will be a lot of very interesting, very interesting, yeah. not just in the arts and creativity, but also in thinking about the world and political and economic yeah. Uh, yeah. sphere as well, and the technology sphere as well. Sure. Yeah, it gives us a time to just stop and everyone to yeah. think and breathe for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to see if it hasn't even happened already, you know, what will come of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Ian, 
here is the time where I'm really looking forward to understanding your three tips that you would give not even just fellow furloughers, anyone who may even be laid off completely or anyone who's feeling lonely, you know, to keep their heads up high and to stay positive during that time, this time, you know, what, what would those three tips be? Okay, I've kind of hinted at the three tips already, so I won't okay. take too long to, but the, the three tips are um, uh, structure, reward, and opportunity. So what do I mean by them? Structure. You have to create routine for yourself. Yeah. Even if it's a tiny corner of your room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have, you know, that's where you go to do what it is you're doing today. Mm-hmm. And when you have, when you're off and doing something different, when you're having fun, you go to a different physical place. Don't mm-hmm. do everything in the same armchair, or right. the same table. Yeah. We are creatures of our environment. Create mental spaces that are associated with different activities, and don't let work, you know, the stuff you're trying to do, the, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the, the worky type stuff. Don't don't mix it up with the pleasure. Have physical distance and temporal distance as well. So get yes. up, dress, dress. Yes. Don't sit in your pajamas all day. That's the worst thing yeah. you can do. Dress oh. up. If you're a man, shave, or if you've got a beard, you know, comb your beard or whatever. If you're a woman, <laughs> you know, get ready for the world because you're you're in the world because it's technology yeah. and make sure. So that's structure and routine. Have weekends, you know, right. have have time off. Do mm-hmm. do fun things. Yeah. Don't let don't let the stuff you're trying to do as you know as work or developing mm-hmm. ideas or you know the stuff mm-hmm. you're thinking about what doing for the future. Don't let that bleed into your 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 so your kind of fun time, your social time. Keep right. these, you know, keep them both in space and time separate. So that's the routine and structure. Right. Second thing is reward. One of the very interesting research that's been shown on resilience is, it, to the extent that you can switch on the brain's feel-good network. So we have a single mm-hmm. feel-good network in the brain called the reward network, and that's right. linked to a number of neurotransmitters, including dopamine, which you've all heard about. It's the one that cocaine hijacks. You can, if you, you you know, simple pleasures, enjoying food, taste, um, Mm -hmm. uh, watching a a funny movie, um, Mm -hmm. having a, playing a game um, Mm -hmm. with friends over, you know, um, even, even, you know, light touch, you know, you, you know, yeah. like the, the discovered sensors and the new sensors in the skin and parts of the skin where there's uh, the hairy parts of the skin, say in the forearm, the light touch there switches on in the brain, the whole social network in the brain and the reward yeah. network. So th- there are these simple things that switch on the reward network, make you feel good, self-rewards, mm-hmm. even the cup of coffee you reward yourself with at half yeah. past 10 in the morning, as, mm-hmm. as a, a reward for that, you know, that research you did on the internet about what you might do after this. That cup mm-hmm. of coffee, if you structure it as a reward, and maybe, I don't know, right. a piece of fruit or something or an apple or a biscuit, you know, yeah. program rewards for your brain because that will build resilience. Make sure, that, make sure every day you do something that's fun and good and rewarding, okay? That's so important. I love that. So that's structure, that's reward. And the final thing is opportunity. I saw a great tweet yesterday, someone saying, if, if you come out of this crisis, 
where you haven't learned a new skill or, or developed a new area of knowledge, then mm -hmm. it's nothing to do with COVID, it's to do with lack of discipline, okay? Wow. So we should all be learning using this opportunity to do something new and or learn something new. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to learn piano and I'm doing five-year-old piano lessons with my daughter happens to be living with us. But, you know, I'm determined. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible practicing. I've never managed to learn a musical instrument. I'm determined I'm going to continue this because <laughs> I, and I know other people are learning, you know, on Duolingo or other programs learning new right. languages. Mm -hmm. opportunity use this time because the stuff you learn now will be mm -hmm. stuff that will will be a you will never anticipate just how useful that could be in future times of your life so that's my three tips Aidy. <laughs> i love that love, love, love I, I'm that i'm guessing and i'm guessing that you put them actually have put them into practice yourself yeah i'm i'm actually almost feel proud of myself in a sense because everything that you've said there i think i've I think people will tend to naturally have done. If not, I'm hoping this will help other people and and will give them that opportunity to try no, it. No, no, you see, not, not a lot. There'll be millions of people who have not naturally yeah. done these things. No, that that that's the thing. So, and th these are these are not these are not qualities of our personality. These are skills that people have right. picked up or not, or these are habits that people have. There are mental habits. That okay. people either, and it's not. They're not great kind of. Things about oh, I'm just an undisciplined person. No, no, discipline, right, is, right. A, discipline is a, a series of habits that we've picked up over life. You know, oh, mental right. habits. So right. you're you're fortunate to have have yeah. these mental habits at your disposal. To you, you'd be able to put these three tips into You know, there'll be many mm. people who who have not. Um, you know, and 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 if they do. It will make them more resilient. It will make make uh -huh. this whole crisis more tolerable for them, and it will stand them in good stead in the future. Amazing. Well, look, I'm so happy that you brought those tips up. Then, just I would love for this to help those people because um, it, it is so necessary for sure. And for me, I know in order to have a structure, as you said, I before when I when I was working um, from home before I was put on furlough, um, my boyfriend and I we'd always get up anyways at seven thirty in the morning, say three days a week, and we do our hit classes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, and I haven't let that stop. Right. I keep doing that because otherwise, I know myself. I will sleep in. Yeah. I love yeah, to sleep. Absolutely. So I will. I will sleep in. So I ha I force myself to get up and do those. And the days I only do that three times a week. And the days that I don't, I'll get up and do yoga. Yeah. Or maybe I will just, you know, I'll force myself to, to get up yeah. and, you know, start the day and, and have that structure in place. Um, and the rewards, as you said, for me would be watching that a TV show, you know, later in the afternoon for like an, an hour just to take a break from okay. doing kind of any research that I want to do. And, um, and yeah, it was the, you did structure reward. The opportunity, um, well... The opportunity, look what you're doing now. This podcast <laughs> yeah. is exactly exactly the kind of seizing yeah. the opportunity of the time of doing something you, you might not have done otherwise. No, and I, I wouldn't, I don't, I truly don't think I would have. It's always something in the back of my head. I thought that would be really cool to do. And I know there have been funny memes where supposedly everyone and their mother during quarantine is doing a podcast, but yeah. it is, it is really, it's been really great to, to do. And for me, I think it's helped me to be able to talk about how I've been feeling yeah. and you know knowing that might help other people too that's almost a great feeling in itself yeah exactly um 
Yeah. And, and look, and I know as we were talking about, you know, people that might be feeling really lonely at, at this time, I also wanted to give a shout out to kind of different websites that I had seen for the UK. Now, this is what I've researched, but obviously for anyone else, you know, just to Google just anything on, you know, it'll, you'll see all these amazing websites that will come up and help um, for those. And one is obviously www.nhs.uk and they have mental health well-being while staying at home and their slogan is every mind matters and I love that um, and then there's another one www.mentalhealth-uk.org and they give uh, you other tips for managing mental health and well-being um, while social distancing or self-isolating so look there's loads out there and I hope everyone who does need it just just to google those things and that can even help them a bit further um, but Ian, thank you so much for coming on. And I found this so interesting and I'm and really helpful. And hopefully this will help other people too. So I really, really appreciate well, it. Thanks, Aideen. I think it's a brilliant idea and just really wish I hope it really takes off. You have this brilliant podcast. So well done. Thank you.